my wife and I had kind of talked about this burden for Tampa, but I hadn't shared it with anybody else. It was just uh, her and I at that time. And we're sitting in the Tuesday night prayer service. And the first thing Sam said in the service that night was that, uh, hey, guys, the first point of prayer tonight is we need to pray for for Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've got a friend of ours that's there at the University of South Florida tonight, and he's ministering to some students. Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. We're so grateful for your listenership. We're, we're so thankful that you join us week after week. We want to just remind you to subscribe to the podcast, to subscribe on YouTube, uh, to share uh, your favorite episodes with friends and family members, but then also consider supporting us financially so that we can continue to, to produce uh, the product, the quality product uh, that we want to produce week after week and, and to continue to promote the school. Uh, the, the show has become a great asset in promoting LFBI. And so we want to invite you to join us and support us in all those ways. I'm really excited about today's episode. And uh, we're going to be talking about church planting. And, and the Living Faith Bible Institute has a heart to raise up leaders. Uh, that is our heart. That's what our de- devotion in this work of, of starting and running a Bible Institute is all about. And uh, we want to do that in complement with local churches. And so many of our students, they sense a call on their lives to follow Jesus Christ in the work of church leadership, missions, and church planting. We hear about it all the time. Students are constantly declaring uh, their love, their devotion, their excitement for the work of planting churches. Now, on this show, we've made a habit of inviting church planters to join us and, and to talk to us about what they've experienced, what they've learned from the work of planting a church. Uh, there are so many unique challenges that uh, a church planter faces, things that they learn, new cultures, new habits. And so today, we want to have a conversation about those very things and so we've invited pastor and church planter Mark Schaefer of Living Faith Tampa in uh, Tampa, Florida, to join us and to to discuss uh, what it's like to adapt to cultures when you are church planting for the sake of the work of the mission. And so with that, I want to welcome Mark to the show, man. It's so good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be with you guys. We were just hanging out last week, man. We were. Yeah, it was a great time. That was fun. We, we have an annual pastor's retreat that we do, and we usually do it in Kansas City. Uh, and we invite like the, all the church planters that that, that have come uh, from our church. This year, we went down to Mark. We visited Mark down in Florida, and we hung out on the beach for a few days. It was really nice. Yeah, close, close, close to us, about an hour and a half away. But yeah, it was close. Yeah. And so like if Mark's skin is always glowing and brown, it's because he, he was wise enough to choose uh, Tampa, Florida, as the place that he plants a church. Um, and so, man, when I was down there in the sun, I was just reminded of how wonderful it is to be in Florida. I think it was because I was wise enough to marry a Latina. <laughs> she she uh, had to be in the sun. Well, I'm in constant competition for uh, skin color with her. So <laughs> yeah, she, she, her, her skin is definitely browner, but you've got a glow, man. It's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's an admirable glow. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how long it'll last. It's got an expiration date on it probably, but. Yeah, yeah probably. 
Man, yeah. uh, I love you, Mark. I've actually known, uh, you know, the listeners don't know this because you haven't been on the show, but I've known Mark since I was probably 16. So uh, 23 years now, I guess. Mark was my uh, youth counselor back in youth ministry. When I first showed up to Kansas City Baptist Temple, Mark was one of the, the counselors in the ministry there. Yeah. And, uh, and so I've asked him over and over again to not hold those years against me. <laughs> hey, I, I've seen the progress of uh, your life. So praise the Lord. You know, it's, it's awesome. Well, well I'm, I'm just grateful for you. I'm, I'm thankful for your investment. Um, I have the privilege of ministering uh, to your son. And, and, uh, and so Mark means a lot to me. I'm really glad that we get to, to share him with you guys today. Could you just begin, you know, by, by telling the listeners about how you came to discover God's call on your life? And how that led you to plant a church specifically in Tampa. I think that they would really uh, benefit from hearing the the groundwork of that story. Yeah. Well, if I could start by saying, first of all, in in response to what you just said, thanks for your investment in my son. Uh, that's been mm. incredible for for me as a father to know that our son is walking in truth and has people holding him accountable and encouragement in the word. So thank you. For that. Well, I love them. It's it's easy to do. And so yeah. I'm glad yeah. that it's it's good. Yeah. Uh yeah, if I could I, I you know, I don't want to take a lot of time to do so, but if I could backtrack a few years uh to get to the to Tampa because the, the story really starts back with our my ordination. You know, I went through a uh, uh Bible Institute training in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, uh upon completion of that felt a call to go to, to move to Ocala, Florida. Ocala was where my, my former youth pastor was. He had been the, uh, the senior pastor of a church there and, and had suddenly passed away because of a brain aneurysm and the church needed help. And, uh, uh pastor Frank Pardue, and he, he was, uh, close friends with pastor Mark Trotter. And so a lot of, mm -hmm. uh, history going back to that. But, uh, so we felt initially a call to, to Ocala, Florida and, uh, served for nine years in a work there, uh, that, that pastor Frank Purdue had, had been a part of. And so that's really where it started. Uh, in our time there, we had, I worked with students. I worked with, uh, high school, college age students. And in that time, we, we had a lot of students that, moved to Tampa, Florida. Uh, it was about an hour and a half away from Ocala. And without fail, almost every one of them struggled in, in their walk with the Lord when they moved and to they Tampa. And they moved there for college, their college, right? There's like one of the largest colleges in the U.S. is, is right there in Tampa. Yeah, U University of South Florida, about 55,000 students there. And so we, uh, we just kept seeing students uh, struggle in their walk with the Lord. And it wasn't because there weren't any churches here in Tampa. It just, they couldn't find any that, that have a, had a, the same solid biblical philosophy of ministry. And, and so a lot of them struggled. And, uh, so that was in the back of our minds, uh, fast forward, you know, nine years of time in Ocala, we, we, uh, uh, felt a call to, to, to leave that ministry. That's another whole story. We can, talk mm -hmm. about a different, different time, but, <laughs> okay, um, yeah. but, uh, we, we came back to Kansas city and got connected to, uh, to Midtown and, and, uh, and spent two years there in our time that we had left Kansas city, Midtown had been planted as a church. And so when we came back to Kansas city, um, 
you know, God just made it really clear. That's another whole conversation too, but made it real clear that we needed to land uh, at Midtown. And, and uh, we, we thought that we were going to be there, you know, for uh, the long haul. Uh, we, mm. we really didn't know what was, was next. There was, there was some thought in my mind that maybe we were going to uh, prepare to go as, as missionaries to Latin America somewhere. We, you know, mm. that had, that had always been on my heart and of course marrying, a Latina from El Salvador that, that was always in the back of my mind. But, uh, you know, we, within just a year of being back in Kansas city, we got a burden for, for Tampa, uh, specifically we were here on a trip and, uh, to actually came back for a wedding. And during that time here, we drove through Tampa and I'd always kind of disdained Tampa. And, and yet we, uh, and driving through the city, God just kind of uh, I don't know. It was one of those knives in the heart that, okay. Uh, I remembered all the students that we had had, that had come to Tampa and their struggles. And, and I just really ha- had, a, had a burden, uh, just an mm-hmm. overwhelming burden that, uh, you know, uh, a, a church that, uh, like, like we had at Midtown would be reproduced in Tampa. So I came back to, to Kansas city with that burden uh, shared it with, with pastor Sam. Uh, well, actually before I even shared it with pastor Sam, I was at a Tuesday night prayer service at Midtown, uh, mm. right at, right after we came back from that trip. And my wife and I had kind of talked about this burden for Tampa, but I hadn't shared it with anybody else. It was just, uh, her and I at that time. And we we're sitting in the Tuesday night prayer service. And the first thing Sam said in the service that night was that, uh, Hey guys, the first, uh, point of prayer tonight is we need to pray for, for Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've got a friend of ours that's there at the university of South Florida tonight, and he's ministering to some students and, uh, we, uh, we need to pray for, for Tampa, Florida. And, mm. and so that, you know, of course just sparked my interest and, and, uh, I was like, okay. And, that, and then that's when I shared the burden with Sam and about, uh, Tampa and, and he said, well, let's, let's, let's get people praying. And, and so, mm. I shared that uh, with the church body uh, a couple weeks later, and and that began the 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 process of the next year. Really, just praying through: is this just a burden? Do I need to just be praying, or do I need to take an active step towards uh, church planting in Tampa? I never saw myself mm-hmm. as a church planter, but you know, uh, a year later, we were loading up a a U-Haul and and heading to Tampa uh, to plant yep. a church. There's a lot of pieces, of course, that went into that, sure. you know, God confirming things through his word, but also through our pastors and, and just, uh, the heart of, of, uh, the mission was, wasn't just ours. It was, it was our church body. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I mean, from my perspective, it was like, as soon as you got to Midtown, it just like, just, just the time between that and leaving just felt so short. We got such a mm-hmm. short window with you, but it's, it's incredible to think that that your whole world changed just in a very short period of time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to you sharing the challenges that, that, that came with that. Can you tell us about some of those and, and what it was like getting started? I mean, I remember that day that you guys left and we loaded up that trailer. Can you tell us, you know, early on, what were you doing? Uh, what was your team like? I think you had a kind of a, you know, an interesting experience with just taking your family and just tell us about the early challenges of, of getting to Tampa and, and preparing for the work. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of, 
uh, differing counsel, <laughs> I, I, I would say on, do you go, do you go by yourself? Do you go as a team? Uh, you know, the, the early days at Midtown, uh, we hadn't sent out anybody at that point, I don't think at, right. uh, up at that point. So we we're still working through some of that. And, and, you know, it was, it was our preference to go with a, a team of people that mm-hmm. would have been, that would have been my preference. That would have been, uh, you, you know, even I, I think, uh, biblical, biblical model, we can, we can see a lot of, of that, uh, as, mm-hmm. as being the the model for us to go in a team. And, and there were some that might've disagreed with that, that mindset, but, um, what it came down to for me was this is if God has called us, we, we need to be obedient, whether a team goes or not, we can't make it dependent mm-hmm. on a group of people, uh, joining with us to go. If this is what the Lord uh, is doing, uh, I, I, I would prefer to take a group of people to do that, but I also got to be willing to go, go alone if that's, if that's what's necessary. And so it came down to, our family initially being uh, alone and going shortly after, you know, Lucy Aikens joined us. And it, within just a, a short period of time, uh, a few others started joining us as well. So it, it eventually it did morph into a team. Right. Uh, but uh, the initial uh, start of that was us. And, you know, I, I don't regret that. I, I wouldn't necessarily change that. Uh, I don't, I think the preference in my mind is, is sending people in a group and a team. And, and so that, that would be the ideal uh, thing. Like you said, that there's also a precedence for if you need to go alone, that that's also an acceptable way. And, and I think uh, that's what you did. And, and, and you were with your family and it presented, you know, a unique set of challenges um, to have a family, three children learning to find your way in a new city uh, looking for ministry opportunity as it presents itself. Uh, tell us about what that was like and and why it was kind of a unique experience. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it was God's grace on us too. Is that He gave us a a little season of incubation to to prepare, you know, and and to to mm-hmm. uh, see, you know, exactly where He was uh, ultimately ultimately gonna land us. We, the first year we were in Tampa, we weren't in the same area that we ended up. We, we were in a mm-hmm. totally different part of the city. And I think some of that was, was needed. Uh, we, what we were working from is the context that we knew. And I think this is very key, you know, in church planting uh, is, is to not try to force fit what, you know, your plan is, but, but work from what God has put in your hands, you know? And, and, and so we had some contacts, as I mentioned, we had had students that had moved to Tampa from Ocala. So one in particular, we, we had made contact with, with her and, and that was the first attempted Bible study was with this girl that we, we already knew that had been in our youth group in, in Ocala. And so, uh, there was that. I also had a, a connection that I had made through, just mutual friends uh, that had connected us to uh, some people that were those initial contacts. Uh, we lived in an apartment complex. And so the, the the first Bible study that really took off for us was just based on natural contacts of our kids in our apartment complex. Our kids were all teenage, mm. teenage age. And so we invited teenagers to our apartment for a Super Bowl party and then at the Super Bowl party, I, my intention was let's just invite them to come back for a Bible study. Uh, 
And I thought, you know, we probably had 10 or 12 that came to the Super Bowl party. And I thought, you know, maybe we'd get one or two come back for Bible study. Uh, the following week, all of them came back. Like the whole group mm. of teenagers came back for for Bible study. And, and that just morphed into this encouragement for our kids with a group of teenagers, all of them were lost, but they were coming to Bible study, you know? And so we, Mm -hmm. the first year was just following those contacts that, that were natural contacts that, that God could use. So we're, we're just following, following the fruit. We started in our home. We were meeting initially, uh, uh, for services in our home that again, that's to me, not the ideal, uh, um, plan long-term, but that's what we were had at the beginning. And so we, we did that when Lucy got here and then later Tish and some others joined us. Initially, we were just meeting for services in our home and uh, mm-hmm. we were just following the fruit and the contacts that God gave us. Yeah. So like on one hand, I mean, I remember those early pictures of the Bible study, the kids Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, you send in those to us. It was so sweet. It was uncomplicated right? Like yeah. you just did the thing you knew to do. You knew that the, that the mandate scripturally was to go and to teach and to sh- share the gospel. And that was the, that's the beginning of the great commission. And so you went and you did that. And, and I bet I'm sure that you think back on those times very fondly oh, and uh, yeah. you always remember that the pioneering part of the work, but it also has really unique problems. Like for one, I, w- I would imagine, and you and I have talked about this before, like when you're you're planning a church. It's not easy to invite grownups to do church in your house. Like, like yeah. that's just not an easy thing to do in, in our culture today. And, and so you ran into certain challenges. Maybe you can share some of those challenges with us that, that made the beginning of the work hard. And maybe even like, especially with where we're going with the conversation, integrating yourself into the, the Tampa lifestyle, whatever that means, integrating yourself into that, um, what did, what did that look like and why was it hard? Yeah, I would say even this wouldn't necessarily even be unique to Tampa necessarily, but that uh, somebody asked me early on uh, what what was our biggest challenge in in church planting. And my my response was pretty immediate. It, it was establishing disciples when you don't have an existing structure. You know, that doesn't have all of the uh, uh, depth of structure to it, you know. So, mm. you know, we're trying to bring a disciple in and, and establish them in, in worship of God, the word of God, the local church and, and ministry. And, and they can't see any of those things immediate in a small group of people. And so you're trying to establish them in things that they, they can't visibly see yet. Mm-hmm. And so that was to me, and, and still I would say that that was our, one of our biggest challenges and, and continues at times to be as we grow to, for people to see the, the, the depth of the ministry that we're, we're really calling people to, that the Bible calls us mm-hmm. to. And so for us, that, that was it, you know, and, and one of the things we talked about early on in, in our, in our ministry early on with our team was that. Uh, the need for ministry to lead structure, um, that we don't want to just build structure to try to cram ministry into it. We want ministry to lead the structure. So this is what we see in the book of Acts, you know, the, uh, 
uh, first deacons weren't brought into the church until the need arose for deacons to right. be there. And so uh, that was true for us. You know, we didn't have deacons initially because there wasn't a need for them yet. Uh, but when the need gets uh, presented, that's when you 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 have ministry, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, develop you develop the structure to to meet the yeah. need of the ministry, and so so we talked a lot about that about not just building structure and not presuming, okay, we got to have this, we got to have this, we got to have this, uh, and now let's figure out how ministry is going to fit into that. Uh, let's let's follow the ministry, follow the fruit of what God does, and as He works, yeah. then we'll build the structure of, of ministry that's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good principle, and I think it's wise because. Uh, you know, and you know this because you've been around other church planters that that maybe I don't I don't want to be harsh enough to say use a less biblical model, but they use a model that maybe that they gained from more of a secular business oriented marketing oriented view of church planting, where it says, okay, if we have a good enough plan and we have all the mechanisms in place, well, then people are going to flock to that. And there, and and we'll be able to provide them with what they need. We'll be ready for it. Uh, but yeah. but what you're saying, you know, is more organic. Um, like what you're saying. Okay, so you've got youth coming to your apartment. Well, maybe the first thing that you need isn't, uh, you know, a marriage ministry, <laughs> right? right? What right. what you probably need is a youth ministry. Yeah. The people that are devoted to meeting kids where they're at, because that was the that was the fruit that you were seeing. You were following that fruit, and I, th- I think what you're talking about that principle is a really valuable one for young men and women who want to do the work of church planting to consider. Yeah, yeah. I met with a a guy here in Tampa early on, a church planter guy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't even remember how we got connected to him, but he wanted to meet with me and, and, uh, we sat down and he bought our lunch and, and, uh, the first thing, you know, he said, great, you're coming to plant a church in Tampa. Here's, here's what you need. You need, you need to get a band, uh, you, you know, somebody who can play really good music and, and you need to get some people who, who like children and, and can start get your children's ministry ramped up. And he's talking about all of these parameter things that, uh, he saw as the, 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 the need. And, and, uh, you know, I walked away from that and, and just thinking that where's the gospel in that, you know, where is winning people to Christ in that, you know, we, we mm-hmm. can, we can get all the structure built and we really haven't done anything. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we we have not advanced the mission at all, uh, with a, with a band and a, and a children's ministry and, and, promotional flyers, you know, we, we, we need to get busy making disciples. And so, yeah. And not only that is that, that approach is a much more expensive approach oh, yeah. to, to, to ministry as well. And so sure. when you just follow the fruit, God seems to provide exactly what he needs in his timing. Um, and that's another beautiful thing about, about what you're doing. We don't say if they build it, they, if we build it, they will come, you know, that, right, that, no. that model is awful. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, that works great for um, m- the movies, but it, it doesn't work great for church planting. No. Um, now, now, I wanted to hone in a little bit on this conversation about adapting to the culture, uh, you know, that you find yourself in. So you had been in Ocala, which it, 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 correct, I've never been to Ocala yet. I, I hope to soon. Code Blaze has a church there. I hope to visit at some point soon. Um, but it is a, it's more of a rural. 
slightly more rural, maybe maybe somewhere between rural suburban community, correct? Yeah, I I don't know if I would describe it. How would you describe it? Suburban. Uh, you know, it's a smaller city, smaller it's smaller a sm- town. A smaller town. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you came to Kansas City, mm-hmm. which is a bigger town, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and it was and it was more of a suburban setting where you were kind of staying at a little bit. And then you went back to Tampa. So you got all these changes in community, communities that look different, people are different, cultures are diff- different. Um, can you tell us a little bit about culture itself and how important it is for you to adapt? What are some of the challenges of coming into Tampa and meeting the people where they're at in the cultures that are already established there? Because you're not going to obviously force a culture to change. Um, I mean, I think that's you know, throughout history, we've seen that as a pretty poor approach to missions, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the, in the early missions movement of America, we talk with Greg Axe about this a lot, just, just forcing people to adapt to the cultural inclinations of, of the church is probably not wise. Tell us about moving to Florida and, and finding yourself adapting to what you found in the people when you got there. Yeah. So mission versus methodology kind of, kind of, uh, mm-hmm. things. So, um, uh, the first disciple I had in Tampa uh, was a guy that I met through a mutual friend and uh, had been living here in Tampa. He wasn't originally from Tampa either, but he'd been living here for, for a while. And, and I met him at a dinner. He was already a believer. Um, and uh, through hearing his testimony at this dinner, it's obvious he was crying out for discipleship. And so uh, he and I had a conversation after, after the dinner and, I was sharing him, you know, sharing with him biblical philosophy of discipleship. And, and he was all, uh, all excited about that. Uh, we got connected, uh, initially going through discipleship, probably, in fact, my first two disciples, I wouldn't necessarily recommend to repeat the, (laughs) the, the methodology, the approach, approach. (laughs) uh, but they both have worked out beautifully. Uh, but this first guy, Brian, uh, he asked me a question when we were sitting down to discipleship, uh, one time that has stuck with me and, and it, it, it really speaks to this, uh, methodology, uh, mindset. He, he asked a question. He wasn't being rude and asking the question. It was, it sounds rude when I say it, but it, it really wasn't. He, he, it was an honest question. He said, uh, so with this whole church planting thing, he said, uh, do you, do you know what you're doing? Or are you kind of making this up as you go? <laughs> and, and, you know, I wasn't offended by the question cause I knew, I knew he was really wanting to know what our plan was for, Mm-hmm. church planting. That's what he really wanted to know. What What's the plan? Because I don't see the structure yet. And this goes back to what I said before, not having mm-hmm. that existing structure. And he's like, I only see you. And so, you know, where, where's this coming from? And uh, so that, that really enabled me to be able to share with him, re, re, uh, uh, talk through the, the importance of the mission, you know, the mission doesn't, mm-hmm. the mission doesn't change wherever you go. Right. We've got to reach right. people. We've got to reach people with the gospel. We got to make disciples that doesn't change. So yet on that aspect, I absolutely know what we're doing. <laughs> I absolutely have mm-hmm. a biblical, um, uh, pattern, a biblical, uh, mandate to go make disciples. And so absolutely, I know what we're doing on that aspect, but on a cultural level, on a, methods level on how is this thing going to work out? I have no idea. 
I don't know how God is going to work this out. That's why we need the Lord. And so yeah. it, it drove me to, uh, that drives me to prayer. You know, I, I, I know what God has told us to do, but Lord help. I don't know how we're going to do this in the culture and the place that you've put us. Tampa's not drastically different than, than Kansas City, you know, but there is different, you know, a different mindset of people to some degree. There's, there's different aspects of uh, being in Tampa as opposed to Kansas City or Boston or, or Vietnam. And so there's just going to be a little different. Uh, but how that was going to work out, I had no idea. And, 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 and this is kind of speaks to our dependency on the Lord. Oh, Lord, we need you so much to, yeah. to show how this mission is going to play out. And so I was able to, you know, meet with um, uh, Brian and, and finish discipleship. And he didn't didn't immediately join our church, you know, even when our church got planted, which it hadn't been planted yet. We hadn't officially been commissioned as a church, mm-hmm. but he didn't initially join um, until about two years ago. And he came back around and, and is now a, a growing faithful member of Living Faith Tampa. Uh, but I don't know how much that speaks to the, the specific culture of Tampa, but, but uh, you know, in, in general terms, that's, that's the challenge for church planting anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. wherever you go, is make sure we stick to the mission. We know our mission, but understand that that's going to play out in a million different ways. And, oh, oh God, we need you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really appreciate what you're saying because I think um, we want things to be cookie cutter. We want things to kind of fall into place. Hey, look, God, we're using the methods that we were trained in. Like we're kind of doing what I think you asked us to do. Why are things not falling out the way that I imagined that they would? Uh, which can be really disheartening. I'm, I'm, there's so many church planters that don't ever actually see the work through. Um, because of that very reason, things just don't look the way that they imagined. And, um, and like what you're saying, like you're making an investment, but the fruit isn't, doesn't look the way you thought it would. And so this, you know, Brian, for example, you know, doesn't join the the church until, you know, he's, he's kicking the tires. He enjoys learning from you. He likes Mm -hmm. hanging out with you. He wants to learn the Bible, but he, until he can see the fruit of the work, um, you know, he's not necessarily ready to to jump in head first, and mm-hmm. and that's just the way that it went. It wasn't exactly what you anticipated, but but God worked it out because God's God and He's big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Miles Cheadle, and LFBI is an incredible asset for anybody that wants to to learn and to grow in their knowledge of the Word of God, and not just that, but to apply it uh, in ministry and to grow as a minister. Uh, You have incredible uh, preachers and pastors and missionaries uh, that aren't just teaching the Word of God, but they they live it out in their everyday lives. And so it makes the insights that they share incredibly practical uh, for day-to-day ministry. Uh, Again, this is a place to, to continually be challenged in the Word, Uh, We don't want to be people that go stagnant in our walks. Uh, We need to be put in remembrance. And so even if you say, man, I learned these things years ago, well, we need to be put in remembrance and to continue to trust God to grow and to stretch us and to equip us to invest in others. And so if you haven't already, this is something that you want to be a part of. Uh, And so I just encourage you to consider that. Uh, Thank you. Bye. 
that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes. This is how God works things sometimes, you know. So we were mm-hmm. going back to when we were at Midtown, we're, we're good friends with Dell and Serene Thomas. Uh, dear friends, love them. And as we're praying for Tampa and planning for Tampa, they said, hey, we've got a friend uh, that uh, lived in Tampa. He's got a lot of contacts there. You need to you need to contact our friend Lance and he might be able to help you. And so I reached out to Lance by email. Lance, uh, I never met in person, but he sent me back an email and he said, when you get to Tampa, you need to meet uh, two guys. You need to meet Otis and uh, Jason. And uh, uh, those were the first two contacts I made in Tampa were Otis and Jason. I called both of them before I ever moved to Tampa, went and had dinner with both of them. And and uh, uh, through, uh, through Jason is how I met Brian. Uh, my mm. first disciple, it was at the dinner uh, that Jason had organized that I met my first disciple, Brian. Mm. Uh, through Jason, I also got connected to my first mechanic in, in Tampa. Uh, his name was Sam. Sam owned a mechanic shop and Sam was the guy, he's a believer. Uh, I would go in to get my car worked on while my car was getting worked on. He and I would have conversations in his office about church planting and and church it, planters get their cars worked on a lot by the yeah, way absolutely it's really important to have a good mechanic if you're a church planter because you're going to be there a lot mine <laughs> mine was there a lot uh yes and so sam and i got to Sorry, know each man. other yeah sam and i got to know each other well it was through sam that i met this guy josh so sam and i uh sam said we've got this guy at our church he's he's our associate pastor at our church but nobody's helping him he, mm. he, he needs some help. <laughs> he said, would you meet with him? Cause everything I was just, uh, uh, just talking about church planting and, and particularly disciple making, Sam was like, yeah, he needs that. Would you meet with him? And I, and I said, I'd be happy to meet with him and, and, you know, tell him or just share with him, uh, the, the biblical philosophy of discipleship, not thinking it was going to go beyond that, uh, necessarily, but that, this might be a help to him and his ministry at his church. Uh, mm-hmm. Sat down with Josh uh, for for lunch, and I got done explaining the ministry philosophy of discipleship and, or the biblical philosophy of discipleship. And and he uh, he said, "I'm in." And I'm like, "What do you mean you're in?" He said, "I want it. I want I want what you're talking about." And I'm like, "Well, mm. uh, I can't do that. You're a pastor at another church, you know." <laughs> right. Uh, and he said, no, I, I think this, this will really help me. And I said, well, I tell you what, you go talk to your pastor. If he's okay with us meeting, I'd be happy to, to walk you through what discipleship is. So you can take that to your church and, and, and get that going in your church. But your, ha- your pastor has to be on board with it. I'm not going to move forward unless he is. He met with his pastor. His pastor said, yes, go ahead, start meeting. So we did. And, and we went all the way through discipleship together. Uh, and in the process of that, his pastor got fired, you know, at his church. Mm. And, uh, then, uh, you know, Josh was in a turmoil and long story short, he ended up, uh, coming to, to our church as well. But Mm. the, the reason I share that is the chain of connection of how God works isn't always how we would map it out. You know, I, I wouldn't have never, I would have never mapped out when I was sitting in Kansas city contemplating church planting, I would have never mapped out that I'm going to go to Tampa, Florida and, and disciple a pastor 
who is going to eventually be a key leader in our church. And he's now one of our deacons mm-hmm. and, and is a leader in the ministry here, who has also been fruitful and brought people uh, that he was connected to, to the ministry. So now we've got college-age students in our ministry who were direct connections from Josh. And so mm. I, we we just don't know how it's all going to map out. It may not be the methodology that we were even prepared in or trained in uh, exactly, right. but this is this is what God did, you know? And so it, it doesn't change the methodology of the mission, you know, it, 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 we, we've got to make sure we're staying, um, uh, biblically sound in what right. we're doing, but, but it may, it may play out in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think what you're saying is really important for our listeners to hear because the way that you were trained is the way that I was trained is the way that we're training, mm-hmm. uh, missionaries and church planters in LFBI. And that is, uh, there is biblical missions, there is a ministry philosophy that is associated with that that biblical theological view of what missions should be. We train people in that. Key cities, but, key uh, men. Key, that's right. Key cities, <laughs> key men, key tools. And mm-hmm. uh, and and so, but we also uh, hopefully, and it looks like you know that's the the thing that you're pointing at is that we also train people to be adaptable mm-hmm. and to learn that um, when you know, your imagination is not the threshold or the standard by which God does his work. And so you have to know God well enough to know that that he does things in his timing, in his way, and he uses weak people who don't always have answers to every dilemma that comes up, but can, can you know, trust him and let him be the power necessary to achieve the things that need to get done. Cause either he called you there or he didn't. And if mm-hmm. he called you there, then he'll make a way. And I suppose that's the thing that you're employing that, that those truths are the truths that you're employing when you talk about what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you're, so you're using the examples of like outreach, like, like going into the community, um, navigating your way through adapting as you need to, I want to ask just briefly about inreach, uh, about the, the the people that were in your church, some of which were, you know, initially a part of the team. They also came with views and perspectives and, and imaginations about what they imagined the, the work itself would be like. Mm-hmm. When when those things kind of fall apart, how do you as the pastor help them? And can you maybe give us examples of of instances where people were let down in the work. Um, it didn't go as they imagined, and they had to learn from the Lord how to rely on Him versus rely on on what they believed they knew. Yeah. Um, what, one of the hard things for us, and I think is a current difficult thing for some of our folks here, is the absence of certain structures of ministry. You know, when we came to Tampa, we had three teenagers and we had no no teen ministry. Uh, they had no teen leader to look to or a teen pastor to look to, a youth pastor. Uh, I, I was dad, discipler, uh, youth pastor, you know, mm-hmm. everything was, was on dad and mom, you know, to be that example for them. And so with that absence of structure, we, we saw how God provided beautifully for our kids and I wouldn't trade that. And I don't think they would either trade that going through that hard season 
uh, of not having maybe all of the pieces, I think in a lot of ways, maybe that even protected them and helped them uh, to uh, be what they are today. And so mm -hmm. uh, some of our folks have gone through those kinds of things. You know, you've got uh, a church with uh, very few youth in it initially. And we still, at this point, we don't have a, a structure of a, of, a, of a teen group, of a, a youth group, of high school, middle schoolers. Uh, we pray. We ask the Lord for that. We're asking him for fruit and teenagers, but we just don't have a lot of that right now. We've got mm -hmm. college students. College students' structure is 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 there, uh, and to some degree, our adult structure. But but a lot of our kids is is not. It's it's lagging, you know, behind. And so we've got people on our team that are having to trust the Lord for provision for something that we don't have. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of young married couples in our church, and so to have a a a ministry that's dedicated or giving a lot of attention and focus to. Uh, marriage training or child, you know, um, uh, raising their children. We don't, we don't have a lot of that structure. And so we've got to trust the Lord for those things. And, and in the absence of those things, sometimes it can actually be better because the Lord yeah. uh, causes us to really depend on him all the more. And, and, uh, and it, it can be sweeter, um, yeah. even though initially it's hard. So I don't know if that's what you're asking. No, but. I think that's, no, that is what I was asking. I, I think that if people come with an expectation that all the amenities are there or that they always mm -hmm. have a counselor to lean on or mm -hmm. that they, um, you know, they always have time to just rest. Uh, there's so, cause in those early years, there's just, there isn't as much time to just like relax and, 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 you know, um, you've got to count your blessings on the go. I mean, you really yeah. have to learn yeah. how to do that. And what it does is it, it refines you and it hardens you in a good way for the work. It toughens you up. And so the benefit of that is that the very first generation in your church are people that are like, I don't need those things. I have mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. I have the mission. I have a calling. I don't, I don't need this or that. And they find rest in being with the Lord and doing what he's asked them to do versus, Hey, you know, what we really need is, you know, and that way of thinking. Um, and, and I think the, the beauty is that you have that generation is establishing the foundation for which the other generations can be built on and they can continue mm -hmm. to remind each su successive generation, Hey, really all we need is the Lord. Like this, this is still a pioneer 10, 15, 20 years later, this is still a pioneer work. Let's still, let's mm -hmm. still treat this as though we're depending on the Lord and not some sort of mechanism or method. And I think that's the beauty of what you're establishing. Yeah. We've got to stay hungry. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the beauties of, of replicating Bible studies, you know, is, is that you're starting over, over and over and over again. It's one of the things that I think keeps, uh, more mature churches healthy is planting churches over and over again. Cause mm -hmm. in, in your, in your kids, you see the struggle of what you used to go through. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, my, my Bible study, I'm part of a, of a Kaya Bible study, college age Bible study right now. And, and we've just split, uh, uh, our, our Bible study. And one of, one of the Bible studies is, is doing okay. Mine is not, you know, mm. uh, the one with me and one of our college age guys, uh, is, is, is struggling, but in the struggle, it's been beautiful. Cause I think mm. it's, it's really highlighted for him 
the need to be hungry, you know, the need to make sure we're, we're reaching people. We're not just getting comfortable in a Bible study and forgetting that we need to be reaching people and, and, and calling other new people. So it's staying hungry. I always, yeah. I always, I always give the illustration of the, the house cat versus the barn cat, you know, house cats, fat and happy and has everything provided for them. They just have to waddle into the next room to get food out of their food dish, you know, but the, the barn mm-hmm. cat, the barn cat stays hungry and lean and, and tough and, and, uh, scrappy, you know, and that, that's yeah. what church planning has to be. And if, if we, if we don't keep that mentality, then we'll, we'll quickly turn into the house cat kind of church, you know, and, yeah. and we, we've got to stay Unproductive. scrappy. You know, the house cat, um, is usually declawed and they, they're not very effective at catching mice. Yeah. And, uh, they, yeah. they're ineffective, they're ineffective in the thing that they've been called to do where, uh, you know, that barn cat, you know, he can get a lot done, you know? Mm. So, uh, you know, as a, as a, a church like yours meets the needs of the community, it begins to adapt and, and establish new strategies. And I'm really curious about what that's looked like for you over time. Like how has the strategy itself changed as you have, you know, planted your puzzle piece in, in the vast empty space of Tampa. There's so many different directions you could go, different kinds of people you can invest in. Um, God begins to provide you with certain types of people, with certain types of gift gifting. And as they get fitly joined, it kind of steers the trajectory of your ministry. Can you explain how that's taken place and what that looks like for you uh, right now? Yeah. So I, I kind of already explained about uh, the first year in Tampa, we were in a different part of the city and uh, we were just following the connections that we knew. That's why we ended up there. Uh, but God made it clear uh, after our first year that uh, we needed to focus on a different part of the city. Part of that had to, was driven by our connection at the campus at the University of South Florida. Uh, we had a connection with Friends of Internationals there. Uh, already established ministry, we just uh, started serving. Like from day one, we literally landed in Tampa and a week later, we're picking up uh, international students at the airport. Mm. And they were asked, they were asking us, Hey, what do you do in Tampa? And we're like, we don't know. We just got here too. Let's figure it out. You know? And so mm-hmm. we, yeah. we, we, uh, from day one, were involved in this, this uh, friends of internationals ministry. Well, a year and well, almost a year into us being here, the director of friends of internationals uh, said, Hey, we're me and my wife fill a call to go to Puerto Rico to start a ministry there. Uh, we're, we're leaving. We, we would like you, uh, to take over friends of internationals, the leadership of that. And, uh, it really, uh, caused us to refocus, uh, everything that we had been doing up to that point to say, okay, if we're going to be heavily invested into this ministry, uh, we're going to have to be closer in proximity there. And, uh, you know, it really fed into everything that we, uh, wanted the ministry to be anyway is, is, uh, a focus on the nations, you know, and, and an opportunity mm-hmm. to do that through friends of internationals was, was just fantastic. It was a, it was a no brainer thing, you know, it was like, Oh yeah, this God's doing this. And so we, uh, we moved, our family moved, uh, and, you know, we had to leave some of the contacts we had in that first year of ministry to totally redirect to a new part of the city. But mm-hmm. it, it, it ultimately has developed into our church being 10 minutes away, our current church, 10 minutes away from uh, the campus. And mm-hmm. uh, that we have, uh, you know, 
proximity to college ministry. And so we went from the teen ministry, <laughs> you know, at our apartment complex to being very heavily college age ministry. And that changed a lot. <clears throat> but it also very quickly led us to develop a, a different mindset with our team. Our initial team was primarily people from Kansas City, <clears throat> primarily people who uh, were at Midtown. And uh, we had to quickly become uh, a, a church that had a mindset that we are a Tampa church. We're, we're not uh, a church plant from Midtown, from Kansas City. Mm. We, we love Midtown. We, we love our, our church family there. But, but that love wasn't reciprocated by the new people coming in. You know, they yeah, had they no idea. Know. They no had context. no idea. No context. And so we had to, we had to start adjusting our mindset to start talking uh, in terms of us being a Tampa church, not a, a church plant from Kansas City. And uh, we still work through some of that, you know, because uh, we're, we're outnumbered now. We've got far more people from other places than Kansas City in our church. But, but the, the, the DNA there at the beginning, which was, was vital for our team to have, has now had to morph into, okay, we, we, we want to make sure we are a, a church that is, is related to and connected to, and, and we are of Tampa, you know. That's such an important word for people to hear because and we, we often talk about, it, at least from our perspective, is that um, there's a point at which a church plant goes from being a church plant to just being a church. Like yeah. you're no longer being planted. Like it's an established work and the ties that bind us um, in terms of passion and emotion, those things remain, right? Like Kansas right. City and Tampa are inextric inextricably connected emotionally, but in terms of the need and a term, in terms of the work and in terms of the provision, God is giving that to your church and, uh, and, and, the identity needs to be, hey, we're Living Faith Tampa. This is who we are. You know, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the quicker you can do that, I think the better. The quicker mm -hmm. you can make that that move away from the, and that that is one of the dangers of going with too big of a team initially, uh, because you can create the the culture early on of being a a church perpetual church plant. You know, uh, and never fully move the team from, um, you know, where they came from to where they are. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I think the, the quicker you can do that, the better. And I think we've gotten over time, you know, like you said, you were one of the first churches that went out from, from Midtown. I think it's, there's really good coaching that pastors can do in advance of the plant that mm -hmm. help people at least imagine or picture, you know, they used to always say when I was coming up, that it's almost as good to imagine yourself shooting a free throw as it is mm -hmm. to actual, actually shoot one. So like if you, you sit in your mind and you go through the routine and you can do it over and over again in your mind, that when you step to the free throw line, you'll be that much more practiced, even if you didn't mm -hmm. actually shoot a ball. I think the same thing is true with with ministry and, and with, uh, with church planting is that if you work through philosophically how you might do something, um, like, hey, look, guys, there's going to come a point where we have to let go of our identity in Kansas City we, we're going to this place. We're going to live there. We're going to be yeah. among the people. We're going to be of the people. We're going to learn their, their, their practices, where they eat at, where they go to. We are going to mm. become them. 
So prepare your heart and your mind even now for what that's going to be like. I think learning how to do that with your team is, you know, invaluable. Yeah. And, you know, it translates not only to the context of where you're planting a church, but to be a future church planter as well. We want to make sure that we are not making uh, disciples of American culture or disciples of Tampa culture, disciples of Kansas City culture. We're making disciples in the word. We're making disciples of the Lord. And that trans that translates wherever you go. We have a, quite a few international students in in our ministry, as Midtown does as well. And so I'm constantly cognizant of that when I'm preaching, uh, to make sure that I'm giving biblical guidance to our international students, so they're they're not taking the mindset that I we've got to be an American church, or I've got to be a part of a church like I had in America when I if I if and when I go back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that they've got a good biblical foundation of ministry that translates anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Mark, you know, I think what you shared is is really precious to, you know, our, a lot of our listeners are um, open to the, these types of callings on their life. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of the, the, the students in LFBI that are daydreaming and praying about what God would have them to do in the next phase of their ministry life. And so hearing from you has been really good. I, I want you to encourage everybody. I, I'm looking at your, where you're at, the setting that you're in. Um, yeah. You haven't unpacked, it looks like, <laughs> but you're yeah. in your office in your, in your new building at mm-hmm. the church that God's provided for you. So you've gone from the apartment. Now God's provided this building. Tell us about how God's blessed you and, and what this next phase of ministry, at least as God has shown you, um, looks like. Yeah. So I didn't intentionally leave these, put these boxes back here for a display. (laughs) It's good though. It's good illustration. Well, I had, I had contemplated moving them out of the way. So they weren't in the background. I thought, no, this is church planting. Uh, we're talking about, I'm just going to leave them. Uh, cause this is, this is kind of where we've been for, you know, the, the 10 years we've been here to some degree, always packing and unpacking. And so, Mm -hmm. Uh, there is a lot of movement. I, I know that uh, our friends in Boston are going through that right now, you know, of uh, just having to pack and repack. Uh, and, and movement in ministry is just going to be inevitable. And that's part of that keeping you hungry uh, mindset mm-hmm. is is never, to some degree, we need to be settled in the Lord. Yes. But in another degree, we need to always be unsettled <laughs> uh, that we are... Yeah. Um, always in movement, always in transition, always need to be ready for the next thing that the Lord wants to do. And, and, uh, you know, if, if he, if he, if the, the Ark of the Covenant gets picked up and starts moving, we got to move mm. with it. You know, we can't just, um, sit in the camp, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's that, there's that mindset uh, of ministry of always being on the move. And so that's, that's where we are. You know, we did move into this new property at the, beginning of the year, uh, March, March, uh, first week of March, we moved in and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been wonderful. The Lord has provided wonderfully. Um, but you know, we're already talking about, Hey, let's, 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 we haven't arrived anywhere yet. Right. You know, we, yeah. we've got to make sure we, we stay in movement with the Lord and, and stay hungry for souls. And, and, uh, and so I think any church at any, any stage can, can get, a rekindling of that if we're, if we're purpose to, but 
church planting especially is just prone to that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that we, and so we're, we're talking about, and we have been for a while talking about church planting, you know, uh, we've talked about, uh, we've talked a lot about the mission lately, you know, our, our goal right now, one of our, our strategies or visions for the ministry right now is let's get as many people on the mission field as possible. Let's get people out to other places so they can start hearing from missionaries, hearing the hardship of the mission in other places. And and this next year, uh, starting in January, we're going to be uh, preparing and uh, uh, put or putting together some mission missionary prayer teams uh, to be praying for missionaries and really getting focused on that. It's one of the reasons I wanted to be very intentional about our LFBI class that we're teaching here in Tampa this semester is we're teaching missions first. I, I intentionally wanted to do that because I believe that's where our church is right now is mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's remember we have a mission. We haven't arrived in anywhere. We we've got to make sure we, we stay hungry for the mission. And so we're, we're doing a lot of that right now and yeah. just trying to keep people envisioned uh, for movement and, and, and not settling. Yeah, so. that's great. Well, Mark, I'm, I'm so grateful for your friendship. I'm, I'm grateful for your example to all of our students and uh, future church planters. It means a lot that you sat down with us today and you took time on your Saturday to hang out with us and record this episode. But uh, I love you, brother. And um, yeah, and if, and if you don't mind, uh, as we close, could you just give a word of encouragement for for people who are thinking about church planting? You know, what what is some in- encouragement that they need in terms of hearing from the Lord? Walk with the Lord, <laughs> be in submission to your leaders, um, allow God to do things in his timing. Don't try to force fit anything. Don't try to force God's hand. But at the same, on the same token, don't, don't drag your feet when he's obviously moving either. Uh, be responsive to, to how the Lord is, is working. Be bold, be, uh, you know, un, undeterred by uh, cultural shifts. Uh, you know, we're talking about area studies right now in our missions class. And, you know, we talked about the product of a, of a, of an area study is to energize the mission. It's not to, uh, like what happened in numbers 13, people came back and two were energized and 10 used their area study as a way to deter them from the mission, Mm -hmm. you know? They came back and said, no, the people are too strong. There, there's giants in the land. There's too much there. It, it, it can't be done. Uh, be full of faith, you know, yeah. get full of faith in what the Lord wants to do and, and, and trust that, that God can overcome the obstacles of whatever you got if he's in it. And so make sure that you're following him, listening to him, that he's in it. But if he's in it and get full of faith and, and be, be bold in, in what God has asked you to do. Wonderful. Thank you. Love you, Mark. And uh, hopefully we'll spend some more time together again real, real soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. And we want to thank you as well for joining us and hanging out with Mark and I and uh, the opportunity uh, that you had today to listen from Mark and hear from his experiences and, and hear about what's going on in Tampa. We pray that it was an encouragement to you and, and hopefully it's got you thinking about missions. It's, it's got you thinking about what kind of investment you can make what it is that in your local church that you're doing to help support and facilitate the work of missions and church planting. How are you contributing to that? Uh, It might be as simple as your discipleship ministry, uh, but it could be as complex as 
you praying through and deciding whether or not you're supposed to be on the field. If you are a person who is saying, hey, look, I would love for God to use me in the work of church planting. Uh, I've prayed often maybe for, for uh, you know, missions and, and whether or not I'm supposed to be a part of missions work. And you want to get trained. Uh, we want to invite you to visit lfbi.org and see our program of study. See what Living Faith Bible Institute is all about and whether or not we can come alongside you as you invest in your local church, as you are, are discipled in your local church, we would love to complement that work by uh, teaching you and training you in God's word and in the philosophy of missions that his word teaches us. And so uh, we would love that opportunity. $40 a credit hour can't be that, of course. Uh, but uh, come check out and see what we have to offer you. We love you. We're grateful for the time that you spent with us today. We hope to see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.